Welcome back to Dark Nexus. Tonight, Act 1, Chapter 12. So, armed with a crude map of the building drawn by the nurse Nasa, and armed with some possible leads from Winter on locations that might contain some answers or a means of leaving the asylum, uh, namely the administrator's office and the crypts specifically, our little quartet of second-level adventurers has started delving deeper into what remains of Briarstone Asylum. They got past the Wall of Weeping Fungus, made their way into the Welcome Hall where they had a dust-up with a nasty pile of hungry flesh, and we learned that there are firearms in this campaign. Now that Gulliver's got his uh, alchemical torch functioning, the Welcome Hall is obviously a fairly major hub, and there were multiple exits that the party could explore. They left the voices they heard in the library behind for the time being, and decided to investigate the visitor's room. It's a warm, inviting space, obviously designed to make folks dropping off their loved ones at the asylum feel comfortable with their life choices. Other comfy chairs, comfy table, big windows, cozy fireplace. Oh, and uh, one body crushed on the floor, and one body impaled on the antlers of a stuffed elk over the mantelpiece. The bodies are both those of apostles in Orpiment, the fanatical followers of patient Ulver Zandalus, according to Winter. And when Ray detected some magic and Dora detected some psychic significance on some of their items, the party moved in to investigate. Everything was going awesome. Gulliver was climbing up to piggyback on Grip's shoulders like you do, you know, to pluck treasure off of corpses. And Ray was casually bending down to pick up a fancy masterwork silver dagger from the body on the floor when Dora noticed the taxidermied birds filling a fancy mansion-shaped birdcage hung over the table come to life, turn their heads towards Ray, and start chirping. She heard a little rush of wind at Ray's feet and has only a split second to act before whatever happens, happens. So Dora, you're about 10 feet away from Ray, and you can tell that no matter what you do, no matter what you say, he will not be able to take an action before whatever happens, happens. You have a split second here. You're 10 feet away from him. And you know, this week I was listening back to episode, what was it, six, <laughs> where the two of you were waking up that morning in the boiler room and you had a very intimate conversation with mm -hmm. this young man, mm -hmm. like less than half your age, where he expressed his, his fears about his own safety, the safety of the party, his ability to do what needs to be done, and his concerns about you and your mental state, and you're reassuring him that everything was going to be fine. Good. And uh, with that sort of floating in your head, that little connection that the two of you have started to form, what do you imagine Dora does in this little moment here? Um, I. Is oh, you know what? Actually, technically, you should roll initiative. Yeah, I, I was going to say, you. all I had was a perception check, so I don't think... Should we all roll initiative? Why not? Let's do it now. Uh, eight. <laughs> Ooh. Ray? Nine. Grip? Four. This is awesome. Gulliver? Six. Oh, wow. Yeah. Guys. I am really not wanting to put my hands or feet on Grip's shoulders, and so it's really kind of taking up a lot of my attention. All right, so Shit. in our little surprise round here, Dora, what do you do? Is the effect, whatever is happening, localized around him? You're seeing the bottom edge of his 
tattered patient's robes that he's got under his armor starting to flutter up. That's about the only sign that you notice happening in this room. Can I step forward and push him away from... Oh, so it's a surprise round. You have standard action. You could do essentially like a, a partial, partial charge, charge to bull rush him. And yeah. assuming that Ray might allow you to do so and not fight back, yeah, I think you could absolutely do that. That's what I would like to try to do. All right, so Dora comes flying at you and pushes you over the body on the floor, Ray. Do you want to fight back against that? Uh, no, I think my ass is in the air. I'm going uh, <laughs> to pick up a, a silver masterwork dagger. I don't have any idea what's going on. Can I somehow not end up in the same square where the effect seemed to be happening? Can I end up adjacent to it, or is that not how this works? Roll your CMB check. So unlike when we've seen it before, it can be used for a grapple check. This is going to be used for a bull rush check. I know Dora's going to be awesome. She's going to be amazing at this. Uh, six. So no, you end exactly where Ray was. (laughs) And you feel this intense psychic rush underneath your feet as all of the birds in the birdcage open their eyes, look at you, their mouths open. There's like 20 of them. And they start emitting what you as players would think of as a police siren. Like this weird mechanical, out of time, sound ear piercingly loud. Make a will save, Dora. Hmm. (laughs) Are you ashamed of that (laughs) roll? Yes, but. (laughs) Shame can only get you so far. Help, I think. I got a seven. And you all see as Dora is suddenly blasted upward, <gasps> so her face goes whoosh, shunting up and smashed against the ceiling oh, of the room. Shit. So she's about 18 feet in the air, lying perfectly horizontal with her face pressed against the ceiling of this room. And her face looks pissed. <laughs> Can you switch out my mini? <gasps> We've got a new mini. A new mini? For what? our friend Dora. What? I won't go into too much detail about what that is or what the difference is, but it's appropriate at this moment. Round one, Ray, so you are face down on a corpse and Dora is 18 feet in the air above you. What do you do? The birds are just screaming a... And can you point me where the birds are located? Above the table, so five feet in front of you and about eight eight to ten feet in the air. Eight to ten feet in the air, so they're suspended above the table. Delicate bird cage shaped like a mansion, filled with screaming once dead birds. I'm going to climb up on top of the table and try to reach the bird cage. Okay, so you're prone. Prone. Stand up, move action to get up on the table. Next round, it'll be right in reach for you. Yeah. Dora, you're up again. You're hanging at the ceiling. Um, So there's no enemy. Correct. There's just this bird cage. Correct. Huh. Is there rubble in this room? Or are there small objects that weigh less than five pounds? Knickknacks, for sure. Yeah. Can I attempt to throw one of them at the birdcage? Mm, like hurl something off the mantelpiece at yeah. the birdcage? You absolutely can. Give me an attack roll. Probably goes flying right past Grip's head as he's standing there next to the fireplace. Nine. Is I'm not a, rolling Are you rolling a 12-sided anymore. die? No. It's a, no. It's a 20. Oh. oh, no. Oh, I have been rolling a 12-sided die. Oh my god! Hey, since we haven't moved forward yet, why don't you roll that again? Roll that one? You may. (laughs) 
I keep rolling threes and sixes. That's and pretty good on a, on a on 12, a 12 cider. cider. That's not bad. Okay. 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 19. Right. You smash that little knickknack. Let's assume it's like a heavy, I, I can heavy roll picture frame. Like, but yes, please do. Okay. Five, bludgeoning, both to the object and to the... So this heavy sort of silver picture frame flies past Grip's head, up into the birdcage, smashes through one side of it, and bowls over a whole bunch of the birds who all stop screaming and fall there. The rest of the birds are still going, but you did seem to damage and weaken whatever is happening inside this birdcage there. And we're up to Gulliver. Can I make a knowledge check about what is going on? Sure, knowledge religion. Reli- oh. <laughs> That's why I nope. didn't even ask. <laughs> nope. Uh, okay. Am I able to... How is the birdcage connected to the ceiling? By a chain. Do I think that uh, my alchemical torch would allow me to damage said chain, causing the birdcage to fall? You can shoot the cage. You can shoot the chain. Somebody I will shoot the chain. Me, right? I will shoot the chain. And I inevitably fall. Okay, that's gonna be. I'm gonna. I'm gonna. I feel a little shamey about that. Oh wow! I still feel shamey about that. That's gonna be a total of an eleven. You hit the top of the birdcage where it connects to the chain. Roll some damage for me. Wow! All right. Huge explosion. It. Boom. The alchemical torch goes off. Six. And the whole cage just explodes in Ray's face. Ray's got to duck down to avoid the splinters of the thing. The cage crashes down to the table, as does Dora, falling all the way to the floor, taking six points of damage. I'm bloodied. (laughs) But it seems as though whatever was haunting this cage has stopped for the moment. As a move action, uh, I reload. Excellent. uh, Are we out of rounds? Hold on, please. Mm -hmm. I have to make a concentration check. I'm good. Okay. Um, the rage filters away from Dora. Could you please switch out the mini? I'm still bloodied, but I'm not. Um, maniac- You're not fabulous. Not anymore. maniacally <laughs> laughing anymore. I'm going to run to Dora and heal her. Excellent. Are you all right? I'm fine. How are you? Oh, that was. Here is nine hit points. Oh, of healing. Thank you. You're welcome. Nine is such a good you, number. I think you saved my life. Well, I, I don't know about that. But what was it? Does anyone know? Does anyone have... Knowledge religion? Ranks in knowledge religion. <laughs> I, I think I do, Dora. That was crazy. Cracked eye. Yes, good shot. Oh, thanks. Good shot, Gulliver. Uh, I mean, I guess 13. You'd... It was indeed a haunt, and as you're investigating the area, you you do feel like it's not currently in the process of reforming or restarting. It seems to be, at least for now, shut off or shut down. So what does Ray know about haunts that Paul wouldn't know, Um, (laughs) which is probably a lot? mm, No. They're, They're a mysterious mechanic, because basically... They are something that is powered by unlife that causes something to happen. And every single haunt is completely different from the next haunt. So what you know in general is what you've basically already learned, that if these things are happening, you can use positive energy always to attempt to damage them or shut them down. Every once in a rare while, they are susceptible to actual physical damage. As it turned out, this one was. It seemed to be centered on the actual cage itself and actually damaging it shut the haunt down. You do know 
they are very likely to reset after a certain period of time. You're guessing this would probably reset after a day or longer since it's not currently reforming or recharging. You don't feel that energy in the air at the moment. There's often something that has to be done to permanently destroy it, but a simple knowledge check won't tell you that unless you know the reason why the haunt is happening. So it's like a it's like a, a, a clockwork thing, but spiritual? It's a trap. That's what I was going to ask. Linked yeah, to undeath okay. is what it okay. is. That is the closest thing in this game that the mechanic of a haunt is to. It's like a too. spooky trap. It's a spooky trap. Okay. That basically <laughs> only clerics can really damage most of the time. Okay. I can see how that would be very scary. And the thing that makes them really hard to find is, unlike an actual physical trap that exists and you see it or you don't, the haunt doesn't exist until whatever triggers it triggers it. So you oh always God. only have that surprise round Unless you are forewarned that there's a haunt in the room and you're you know what to look for or like what to the avoid. Fungus wall. We knew exactly. You, yeah, you knew to stay far away from it, which is wise because if you had walked right up to it, you would have been within reach of its gnashing teeth that were in its eyeball that was in the fungus. And that <laughs> was a, that was a perception check that allowed Dora to yes get a get a clue yeah. that that was Basically, about to happen. She heard the birds chirping as the haunt was kind of winding up. Okay. Yeah. So, oh man, that's. That's awful. So, so this it's very death awful. trap place is essentially littered with these spooky yeah. traps that we can't look for because they don't go off until we do something that makes them go off. Correct. And you we can't find them with God. detect magic. You can't find them with detect undead. Well, we haven't tried. We haven't that. tried. Haven't tried that. Yet. Okay. But and some of them, and again. That's why it's hard to talk about them. They're all different. Like some actually right. have physical manifestations. Yeah, like because there might be a haunt that has like there's a ghostly figure walking in a hall, and you're like, okay, well, there's something there. I see that. I know something's going to happen. Right. But in the case of this one, had a so the three kind of we've encountered yep. was the um, Delamy, the corpse that yeah. Doctor Latchkey pointed corpse. us toward. Yeah. Um, I, you heard it with positive energy, and I killed it with a sickle, I believe. You, the death blow to the you corpse. detached him from the entangling intestines, ah. but that haunt is probably still going. Okay. Great. Yeah. And then the fungus wall yep. was another, and that was positive energy, and then this one was smashing. Yep. So still, we've only been to a very small number of places in this place, and yet we've found three haunts. That's And they keep terrifying. Yeah. And we don't know so, anything about how to shut them down permanently. No, because they're all different. There are some in the game that might have either obvious or discoverable story things that you could do. Got it. Or you might encounter one that you might get some environmental clues on, like, oh, if I just do this, there's obviously this corpse sitting right here that's causing this haunt. This is one of those cases where that's just not the way this one functions. So there was a necklace that was radiating psychic significance yes. on one of the corpses on the one hanging over the antlers above the fireplace. Uh, 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 yeah, all, all right, Grip, I'll, I'll climb up on you. Ah, climb aboard, laddie. Oh, all right. <laughs> and you want to paw your greasy little fingers all over that uh, corpse? Uh, well, maybe not paw, but delicately take them. Sure. So you can pull off the, the beaded necklace that he's wearing and feeling around inside his little yellow sheet apostle in orpiment toga, you can find two small bubbling flasks of liquid. Can I make a craft alchemy check? You may. I shall. May I make a spellcraft check on the necklace? You may. Natural one. Ooh. So Ray's going to cast Detect Magic and attempt to 
analyze the magical auras in the room? Yes. And I can make a spellcraft check to get more information, or or does the tech magic do that? Spellcraft. Okay. My spellcraft was 24. Great. So you know that both necklaces, the one on the guy on the ground and the one that Gulliver just pulled off the body in the air, they're both necklaces of natural armor plus one. Mm. They will grant you a plus one natural armor bonus to armor class, which is especially lovely at low levels. And you want to make another check on uh, the potions that Gulliver is staring kind of befuddledly at? (laughs) Yes. I'm just going to look over his shoulder. I'm not going to touch him. Yes, understood. For a... 22. Cure Light Wounds. You can pull off the body on the ground as well. Two more potions of Cure Light Wounds. So that's, so that's a total of four potions of Cure Light Wounds. Two Amulets of Natural Armor plus one, and two Masterwork Silver Daggers. Yeah. So two Amulets. <laughs> <laughs> so shall we all take a potion of Cure Light Wounds? Yeah, that, that seems fair. I think Grip certainly should have one of the necklaces of Natural Armor. And so should you. Well, I'm trying to avoid melee, and I feel like the difference in one armor class is greater for someone who is going to be in melee. I don't know, Gull, if you're going to be in melee now that you have a gun. Doesn't melee find you sometimes? Sometimes, yes, but the difference between a 12 and a 13 is not as great as the difference between a 15 and a 16. I'm no mathematician. But, That's true. But adding a little bit of armor to you or to me, it's the same amount of armor that we're adding. You're extra vulnerable. If we're going to run into more of these things, these haunts... Well, armor wouldn't have helped me in this case. I, I, I don't want to argue with anyone, but... If, if that, that's okay. I'll take I, it if you yeah, insist. No, I'll but take it. I don't mind. I mean, if you're going to be... Up, close and personal with these creatures and our enemies, I think it is important that well, my, you have it. My, my torch doesn't have a very uh, long range, so I can't get too far away from them. Mm-hmm. I would like one of those silver daggers. Uh, yeah, and as I take it, I sort of cover it up, hiding it behind my wrist so that... It <laughs> Keeping it out of grips view. Yeah. Look at it. Oh, oh, yes. Oh, good idea. Well, oh, you're gone. Yes, uh, I do the same. Oh, wait, no, never, no, nothing, mind, never, no, never mind. Never mind. I would like the oh, other silver dagger. Yeah, here, here, here you go. Thank you. And I also sort of slide a hand of, yes. over to yes. Ray. Great. So there is one way out of this room besides the double doors through which you entered, which is a door on the east wall there. It's a really finely made wooden door that has a picture window on the top half of it through which you can basically just see rolling yellow fog. But it looks as though there is a little pebbled path heading away and to the east, uh, away from this particular room. Based on the map you have from NASA, you would guess it probably leads to admitting, is that is that right? Yes. Yeah. I'm confused because I thought the path to admitting was closed off. But it looks like, according to this, like this is the door that's here. So there's something between admitting uh, and the visiting But room, one has to go perhaps. outside. Yes, it looks as though there. the wall so the inside the building between the admissions hall and admitting has collapsed, okay. but there still is this outside means of getting over there. Look at the last time we opened a door, this big thing of skin came out. I, I don't want to open That'll it. never happen again. <laughs> no. Um, oh, what the, what's the rain doing today? Oh, it's, it's, it's 
it's hissing. Yeah, yeah like so acid as you're looking out that window, it's or like, fire or both. Gross. I don't oh. want to go into the acid rain. I do think we should look in that office across the hall in case there are records about um, Elvis Andalus, or in fact, you know, us. You think we should do that rather than continue on out that other door? Well, for now at least. Talking about poking ahead into the offices that are inside the main mm-hmm. hall. Across the hall from the visitor center. Hadn't we, hadn't we heard something behind those doors? No, that it's was the, the library. library. Oh, right. Some adorable creatures behind there, frolicking, talking about who would eat what. And sit on what. Who <laughs> would sit on things. Um, sure, let's... Uh... Well, also, like, my alchemical torch gave off a gigantic yeah, bang, so... loud noise. There might already be somebody out there waiting for it. Something that, I don't know if you processed as players, but last episode, shortly after you had a loud, noisy combat, which included the gun firing, whatever is talking in that library in the next room seemed completely unfazed. They absolutely would have heard it. Oh, yeah. And they were just like gabbling on. Like strange shit happens in here all the time, right. like so if, not When the thunder thing. is yelling names and there's random crap <laughs> rolling around, it seems like at least... At least in the vicinity of this room, maybe... They don't even care. Maybe, yeah. <laughs> I don't know if that's encouraging or discouraging. Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> all right, so what, what'll it be? Let's go look at the office, then. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm all for, uh, you know, checking everything out before we have to go uh, out, uh, outside. Into the acid rain. The element. And there are two possible ways to go outside, both uh, out of this room that you're in right now, and then there is a, on the north wall of, of the main hall, there's a door that leads out to the eastern courtyard, where Nasa said the entrance to the crypts and morgue were. Is that that one? Oh, yep. Uh, it's it's okay. the one across the way. That one. Yep. Okay. So checking out the offices? Yeah. Great. Who's leading that? Not me. I'll, Definitely. I'll, I'll go open the door. All right, heading back out onto the main hall and Grips crossing over to the door to the offices there. I think, um, I think our order should be, in general, please argue with me if we disagree. Grip, Ray, Dora, Gull. Sounds good. Sounds good to me. And then if there's ever a time where we want something to be like checked out, yeah, I can go Gull will slip I ahead can switch in, in the front. Great. So this is a very simple, modest door without any adornment or fanciness on it. And it's actually not even closed all the way. It's just kind of lightly cracked open and it's dark beyond there. Therefore, it is the most dangerous door in the entire asylum. It's the door that just says, <laughs> walk in blindly. Are, are we checking things for traps or sure. are we just yeah, opening? I can check. Yeah. I'll detect magic. No magic. Ooh, another natural one. Look, hey, looks it's good clean. to me. It's totally, totally clean. clean. All right, to the back with you. <laughs> <laughs> right, I'll open the office door then. Kick right. it, kick it in, kick it, kick it. So you're in what looks to be a partially collapsed storage closet. There are destroyed buckets, mops, feather dusters, that sort of thing. The wall to the north is almost completely collapsed. It's just rubble. Off to the west side of the room, grip as you're poking your head in, you see that. There's kind of like a person-sized hole through it, and you can see rubble spilled out into the next room. Like like a Looney Tunes? Yes, or like um, <laughs> the Kool-Aid, Kool-Aid guy. Man. Yeah, oh, nice. Kool-Aid Man. <laughs> oh, and in the yeah. next room across the way, the door that would go out into the main hall is blocked on the inside by a huge pile of furniture, 
bookshelves, table, desk, chairs, piled up against that door so that nobody could get into that room from the main hall. And then splayed around the room are four bodies, a couple of patients, and looks like a nurse and a staff member. They have been slain in this room, and then their bodies have been ripped open, and their organs have been flung about the place. Not like a dissection, but like a frenzy type of... Yeah, yeah. Do we need to make another one of those great insanity checks? No, not this. Or is this You've just... seen a lot of death now. I'll go to the door and detect psychic significance. Into that first space, just to, so walls and things don't block the You're getting a waves. little faint, warm glow off of the left hand of one of the patient's bodies. Like a ring? Mm-hmm. I think there's a ring on one of their fingers. It has some meaning. Wait. I would like to cast Detect Undead. Because we have been encountering so much, the, the, the ghouls, the, the, these haunts that come up from these dead bodies, like, before you take another step, Grip, let me see if I can... I think you're quite right. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, you, you, you go, Ray. Get, get in there. That's what I want to see. Go ahead. Right behind you. We've never actually played with Detect Undead before, and this is the first time I've ever really looked at it. Is it a cantrip or a first-level spell? It's a first-level spell. But one thing about it that is particularly interesting to me, just in terms of how this is going to play out, obviously you detect the auras that come off of Undeath, and that would also connect to haunts as well. But also, with Detect Undead, you detect the lingering auras of undead creatures. So it's possible if an undead creature passed through a room and was no longer in there, you might actually pick up the lingering traces of it, which I just think is really cool. So moving forward, so what happens in this room is there's no auras to detect, but just note, Paul, moving forward, anytime you use this spell, if I don't seem to also track through the possibility of lingering auras, help me remember to check on that. Well, it seems like a good flavory thing to do here and there, but right now this is about like this room, yeah. what's happening yeah. in here, I'm terrified. And there is, <laughs> there is a whole bunch of death in there, but no auras of undeath. Okay. Um, before we forget, and because I might want to use psychometry on it at some point, do I know which of the necklaces of natural armor was reading psychically significant? Take your pick, whoever's wanted to wear it. Mine. Okay. That, that, that's, that's mine. mine. That's, that's mine. mine. I would like, I have a, um, I think you call this a campaign trait. Trait? Oh, yes. Called True Devotion, where once a day I can attempt to cast a spell without losing the slot, which mm-hmm. is what I wanted to do. Great. With this. That's Excellent. awesome. Feel free. So Do you take an, it's a, a 20% penalty chance. to it because you're fatigued? In no, the second? no. It's just a straight. Oh, my gosh. Good. good. <laughs> How awful. So now it's an 18% chance. <laughs> no, 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 no. So what do I roll for the 20%? We just usually do a 10 sider. If you roll a one or a two, you keep it. If you roll anything else, you lose it. Okay, I lost it. All right, oh. so no auras of undeath in this room. And folks, I am I'm really down on my ability yeah. to support no. us. Yeah, because you are probably out if not left. if one spell left, you are fatigued and sickened, which makes I wasn't able really to fight at all. And you got no positive energy left. And you got and no, positive got no positive energy, energy left. Which is you a blew weird all thing that for Paul. Right out of the gate. <laughs> Not Paul. Right. <laughs> right, right, right. My positive energy is boundless. <laughs> um, 
Should I go grab that ring? Or would you rather go grab that ring? I know that's more your... Yeah, I, I can grab it. Right, you know, pull the, pull the ring off the finger. I'm gonna I'm look gonna, around there a little I'm bit. I'm gonna do a little perception sure. when I walk in first. Sure, sure. Specifically looking for trappage. Oh, that's closer to something that actually resembles looking for something. Fourteen. All right, no traps to be found. This is just a smashed room. You're easily able to pull an incredibly finely made golden ring off this dead woman's finger. You would estimate it being worth about 150 gold pieces. And as you're poking around, you do notice two sort of orangey, reddy stones in the corner underneath one of the bodies of staff members there. And you find two thunderstones as well. Ooh. That, that's mine. <laughs> here, here you go. have a gun. Couldn't someone else who's good with ranged things have the thunderstones? Here you go. Thank you. I will take those. I'm out of acid, so... Great, so Dora takes the Thunderstones. And, yeah, Gulliver, you're standing in a room where, obviously, it seems as though these four people tried to make a stand behind this door, and something came in the other way through the closet and killed them anyways. But nothing else in here in terms of records or... No, piecing together the amount of furniture that was here, this looks as though this may be another variation of, say, an admitting or a consultation office. So records would have been probably brought to this room. Maybe families met with doctors upon the arrival of a patient, or they had conversations before admission. But this is not a place where permanent records are kept. Well, I think we have to decide how much further we intend to venture today. We can either go into the library and face whatever is in there, which sounds unpleasant, we can go outside through the visitor's center and see what awaits us there. Or we can return to the chapel. Or we can go out this door into the courtyard. Mm-hmm, the east courtyard. So we got two choices to go outside or we can go and find out what's making those weird voices in the uh, what library. Ti- what time of day is it now? Like how long is it? It's midday. Who knows? Midday? Yeah. Um, as far as you can tell. Right. Well, if we if we wanted to kind of like you know investigate, I have a an extract that I haven't used before, but uh, it helps me be real like you know sneaky. Uh, sneaky. For the library or for outside? What are you thinking? For for the library where I could you know sneak. Mm-hmm. I I worry about Ray. Right. No, the idea would be to go in and, and kind of like look around and then and, and then come back, get back and out. tell us what you see. Unless there's something that are just waiting to slit our throats, right? Well, I think that's always a possibility. Charming. But we've got is. some. We've got some healing potions now, so we've got a few yes. ways to heal ourselves if, if 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 our if our boy here can't. And my capacity is relatively good. While Although, we're talking about ourselves, there is the point that we took away what had blocked the hallway. Yes. Right. So now we've yes. opened up the rest of this building to our friends down the hall. Yes, and we run the risk of, if we go back to the chapel, rest and come back, we run the risk of the fungus wall simply growing again and having to deal with it again in the same way and finding ourselves in the same position. That would suck. I do think we should try as much as possible to maximize our resources, if we can, in exploration. Um, just to clarify for me, if the eastern courtyard is the thing that we are looking for because we think the crypts have a path to out 
outside of the fog. That's like the dream scenario. Yeah, yeah there is. If you go through the morgue and through the crypts, there's a series of natural caves that leads to the cliffs <laughs> on the shore. So eight dungeons sure. are between us and safety. <laughs> but a fair distance, still on the island, but a fair distance from the actual outside doors of the establishment. And that was the thing that Winter wasn't yeah. clear on, is like, is like, this asylum in a bubble? Is the island in a bubble? Is the whole world fucked this way? She right. just didn't know. So her thought was, that's one Let's place to check out. out just to see if you can get past the fog. Yeah. That makes sense. I mean, if the whole world is fucked, like... Yeah. you got to have some small semblance of hope to try to be doing anything. Yeah. But the other objective is to find Dr. Lissandro, mm-hmm. who is within this complex somewhere. Yeah, her, her office is in the center of the building, and that's also where the large store of asylum records are kept as well. So, so many unknowns. There's whatever's happening without, mm-hmm. which is the fog and, and the, the bubble. And then there's what is happening within. Doppelgangers. Doppelgangers, ghouls. Apostles. Lots of things I can't affect. <laughs> well, I, I think that if you're willing, it would be good to know what we would be up against in the library if we were to go that way. Ah, that makes sense to me. What do you think, Ray? I think there are a few things that I can do to help you be a little bit stronger on your way in. Might protect you a little bit. Do you... do you gotta touch me? I do. Alright. I don't like being touched. Is it like Grip doesn't like... edged weapons? No, I'm not scared of it. I just don't like being touched. I'm just curious. No I'm offense, sorry, I don't mean to pry. <laughs> no fucking offense taken, right? What are you going to do? I'm going to touch you twice. <laughs> give you a resistance and give you a guidance. Oh, Ooh. nice. nice. Wow. You're going to drink an extract That's there, right. Gulliver? I drink an extract. What happens? Well, this is a pretty cool extract. It's called Blend. Oh, right. Change the coloration of yourself and your equipment to match that of your surroundings, granting you a plus four circumstance bonus on stealth checks and allows you to make stealth checks without cover or concealment, but only while you move no more than half your base speed or less. If you move more than half your base speed on your turn, you gain no benefit from the spell until the start of your next turn. If you make an attack, this spell ends. Mm. That's so cool. I love it. But otherwise it lasts how long? 10 minutes per level. So So we're going to gather outside the library door then at this point for this this little bit of buffing? Yeah. I drink my extract, and then... Uh, and you watch him blend ooh, into the surroundings. He's it. sort of standing next to the pile of rubble that was once the staircase that goes up to the second floor. You see him take on the mottled gray hue of the rocks. You see him take on the, the brown of the support beams that are that are crashed down on the floor there. I am, um, while we're doing this, I've got two Cure Light Wounds potions because I had one in the haversack before. Uh-huh. I'm down about eight, so I'm going to drink one of those Great. before we go in. Three's better than nothing. All right, Gulliver. All right. What do, what do you want? Nice. Roll for a nice little stealth check, and you guys can see how well I actually disappear. Um, can we be sort of out of the sight line of the door? Yeah. Okay, yeah, tucking away to the side so that when the door gets open, should We're anything happen, you won't be visible. Like, when the lightning bolt <laughs> shoots out, we won't be standing in a line. Like we always are. Oh, actually, Gulliver has a uh, an idea, which he says to Dora, Hey, that uh, that thing that you did where you made like a you know like weird noise or something like oh, that. Yes. Could you do something like that 
like, and I'll sure. open the door. Like what kind of noise? Like something that would like, some kind of like, ooh, and then the door opens kind of thing. Like a literal ghost sound. Exactly. <laughs> I could. So they'll look and they'll be like, the door open, but then there's nothing there. Okay. Oh, okay. Well, wouldn't like wind be more appropriate or like you, well, whatever yeah. you, well, yeah. what's, what's something that you might open the door like a okay a creepy gust of wind and <laughs> I mean the gun didn't draw their attention right so. <laughs> camouflaged Gulliver stealth roll roll it rolling it ooh nice opposed checks and I'm gonna spend one of my inspiration <laughs> points just to do a nice job on this. Oh, all right. Well, that's gonna be a total of 25. Okay, so Gulliver, that sound goes off. You crack the door open just a little bit and you look into a really large room. It's a massive library, about 70 feet across, about 50 feet wide. There are sagging shelves lining both the east and west walls, held together by dust and an extensive system of rolling ladders, ringing this library of husky, dull-looking tomes. At the room's center broods a series of heavily worn tables, surrounded by chairs. A chandelier of iron vines hangs above. The scent of leather and old paper pervade this high-ceiling space. But there's also a really gross, animalistic musk. Now you can see across both sides of the room, there have been dozens and dozens and dozens of books pulled out from their shelves, ripped to pieces, eaten, it looks like, spilled across the floor, tossed onto the tables, and all the way across the room, on top of the bookshelves, about 15 feet in the air, on the east wall to your right, you see one creature fashioning a nest out of chewed up and regurgitated paper. A nest? And you see two other creatures on the wall opposite you, other side of the room, creating a nest together. They are rats the size of cats with two foot long tails, human hands, and the faces of old men. What? Nope. They are... They are, you don't understand the language, but they're digging in these piles of paper, like they're chewing it up and regurgitating it up and then fashioning little nests into it, sort of talking to each other. The two that are together are kind of picking crap out of each other's fur and then in some cases taking regurgitated bits of paper and shoving it into each other's fur and they don't seem to be aware of you and they didn't even seem to pay much attention to uh, wind slightly cracking a door open. They're just going about their business. The tops of these bookshelves on both sides of this very high room have windows facing both the east and west courtyard and there is that of hot or acidic rain splashing against it there. There's already some noise in this room. They're making some noise. They're uh, reeking and nest building and kind of going about their business. You can also see all the way across the room from you is another set of double doors, same size, going to the north. Right next to them, just to the right of them, to the east of them, the lower shelves, like around like knee height and lower, have been completely emptied of books. And you can see that there is a hole about like cat-sized that has been dug through that wall to the north. So there's doors going to the north and a hole 
going to the north. That's what you see. They don't seem to notice you or the door. They're going about their business. Um, uh, what's the lighting like in there? Oh, yeah, that's fair, because I'm human. So it would be low light throughout the whole room from basically the fact that there are these giant windows on both the east and west walls. That lets some light in. Lets some light in. So it's very shadowy, but you can see. So it's daytime. Well. Well, maybe. There is light coming from outside, inside. There is glowing fog sending enough light into this room. (laughs) You will not get him to say what time of day it is. Uh, Can I make a, a knowledge check on these very strange creatures? Knowledge Arcana? No. I just answered my own question. All right. Um, I am going to... I want to see more. I want to... I, I'm going to sneak in. Nice. You move at half speed, I assume? Absolutely. And where do you want to go to? I want to see if I can get to the other doors. All the way across the room? I want to get to the other doors. I love it. Give me that so stealth stupid. check. Give me that stealth check. Which so side stupid. are you going to go up? Which side of the room are you going to uh, go up? I think that I would probably stay on the east side, since there's one creature there, as opposed to two. Hug the wall or be away from the wall? Be away from the wall. All right, give me that stealth check, buddy. Making that Johnny special Make check. Make it. Making it. Oh, that's not as good this time. going to be a 23. That's pretty good. All right, so you duck down into those shadows, crouching by the first table, passing the really nice chairs around the center table, ducking below the third as table. I'm, as I'm going through, can I, since I'm moving at half speed and not moving quickly, can I also be checking around to see if there's anything of interest? Sure. 25. You don't see anything as you're going along, but as you reach that third table and you're getting really close to the north wall, you're maybe about 15, 20 feet away now. You're right directly in a line with the hole that has been dug through to the north. Mm-hmm. You don't see anything through the hole. There's no light spilling out of it. But as you get to that point, you do hear the sound of another voice speaking in this same language, a little bit lower, talking and being responded to with what sounds like rat chirping. Rat chirping like the rats that attacked us before? Or exactly like okay. that. Okay. Continue on your way. I am going to make my way over to the doors. They are not all the way shut. It seems as though they had just been sort of pushed close-ish, and they're kind of maybe parted by about an inch. They're not even latched. They're just what, hanging. What can I see through or hear through that door? No light, and you would hear from your perception check earlier, just that sound of, and it, this sounds like this voice that you're hearing coming from the hole in the bookshelves is not on the other side of this door. Great. Like what's on the other side of this door is a separate room or separate area from where you were hearing Great. that sound. Okay. The Based smell on, on this half, this northern half of the room is foul and pungent. There are, these things reek and you can tell they've been nesting here for a little bit of time. And Gulliver actually is like, that's useful to me because it stinks so bad in here that if something can smell me, it's going to have a real hard time smelling me because it stinks so bad in here. Indeed. Does it seem like I could adjust these doors enough, like very slowly, to like open them up a little bit more so that I could slip through? It sure does. Do I need to make another stealth check? You sure do. All right. (laughs) 
Oh, nice. Natural 16. I'm assuming at this point it's been more than a minute, so that guidance would have uh, worn off at this point. You used it already. Oh, it's only once. That's right. Never mind. So that would be, that's a 26. So you creak the door open. No response from the rats with men's faces. And you can... I just way. have to say, when when you first talked about that, I pictured like the two old guys from the Muppets, <laughs> <laughs> only like with rat bodies. So you can edge your way into a dark space. You can tell from a, the little bit of spill of low light from this room that you're basically at an L-shaped intersection here of hallway. It goes forward to the north, it goes left to the west, but you're out of light at this point. So you can't see much. So how does light work with blend? If I have a light source, am I no longer hidden? Or is it just be like there's light that's sort of moving along? Oh, that's interesting. So the source would be hidden, right? Right. But the glow would be seen. Sure, okay. It seems like that Bye might, by in this weird, creepy place, that that might not Maybe be too weird. Maybe the wall is just glowing, thing. yeah. That, that might not be too weird of a thing. All right. And then also, I'm wondering if I... I know that I don't actually have a sheath for my dagger, my magic dagger that glows, but am I able to just kind of, like, turn it on and have... show a little bit of it at the time, like, cover up the rest of it with cloth or something like that so that yes, it is... absolutely. ...pretty, you know, like, minimal light spillage? Absolutely. Well, then I would like to step into this darker area mm-hmm. and, again bring the doors a little bit more closed so that this light won't necessarily spill into the library. And then just reveal a little bit of light and see what you see. Exactly. Okay, as you're doing that, you start to notice that the animal musk is being overpowered by a very different smell in this hallway. It smells pungently antiseptic, like cleaning supplies or medicine. It's really sharp and tangy as though a lot of it has been splashed about. Not as though maybe a little bit has been dabbed on something. Like the air reeks of antiseptic. And as you... Can I make a craft alchemy check? Sure. Oh, natural one. It smells like chemicals. (laughs) As you reveal the little bits of the dagger to show some light, you do indeed see a 10-foot wide hallway stretching north and a 10-foot wide hallway stretching west to your left Mm -hmm. on the east wall of the north hallway so right on your right there in front of you there are two doors in that wall the one closest to you just about five feet away from you is obviously where you were hearing the sound through the cut through of the bookshelf there's another door past that on the same wall another door opposite and then looking down the hallway to your left there are two doors on that hallway as well, both going north. Give me a perception check. Since I've already used up that great natural one, hopefully, there we go, uh, that's gonna be a 22. You notice a rancid, mucus-like smear going from the second door on your right side on the north hallway, past you, down the hallway to the west, goes into the first room there, comes back out and continues into the second room there. Something wide and slimy that has secreted mucus over the floor. The reason why it's hard to notice is that it's kind of a clear mucus, just kind of a clearish, yellowish, a little bit, but- um, Like a giant slug? 
yeah, sure, that's a great that's a great image for you. And you can see, just sort of at the edge of your low vision in this particular hallway, uh, at the end of this hallway going north, there is another door heading north. So you've got a whole bunch of doors here. A mucus slime, antiseptic reek. Based on our map, let's see, I would think going straight forward is the way to go to get to Dr. Lissandra's office. That would be a good guess. This was the part of the map where Nasa, like, she didn't spend time in this oh, area. Oh, great. But that seems like a reasonable assumption based on the chicken scrawls that you were handed. All right. So we're, we're thinking that offices through that way and then the Straight doctors ahead. beyond that. Is that what we're that guessing? That's all somehow in that area to the north of where Gulliver currently is. Okay. I will go a little further. Excellent. I'm going to sneak up that hallway. I'm going to sneak up that hallway. To the north. Trying to step over the slimy, mucusy trail. And is the is that scent stronger next to the slimy mucus, or is it the same? It is stronger next to the slimy so, mucus. So the slimy mucus is the thing that's is the thing that's stinking. Unknown, but okay. it's definitely stronger where the mucus is. <laughs> Maybe somebody used the mucus to clean up the antiseptics. All right, so you pass the first door on your right where you know somebody's talking to rats. Yeah, you pass that I don't understand. You pass two doors on the left and right that look fairly unadorned, like maybe they're office doors. And you head up into a small 20 by 15 foot room that has a really nicely made door with a plaque on it. What does the plaque say? It says, Administrator Eliage Losandro. <gasps> I will check the door. Give me a perception check. 13. You don't notice anything. It doesn't seem to be locked, and you don't hear anything. I will attempt to very, very, very slowly crack the door. Give and stealthily. Natural 20. Nice. No way. Yes. Natural 20. Yes. That's amazing. All right. Let me reveal more of the map. Guys, I apologize if you're all bored with me doing this. I am not. No, not at all. Okay. This is very exciting. Never had the experience of actually being the roguey type of character that got to, like, creep so ahead. Sologue. Yeah, Sologue. You're all very generous to me right now, and I appreciate that. No, it's lovely, Johnny. All right. You ready for this shit? Bring it. Are you ready for this? I am ready for this shit. You sneak open these doors and reveal a palatial sized office space two stories second story with like 15 foot tall bookshelves huge balcony ringing the thing iron staircase across the way that leads up to it the ground floor features overstuffed furnishings elegant side tables an altar like desk of dark marble it feels almost like the waiting room of royalty Mm. There are huge cathedral windows, 15, 20 foot tall, on these sort of alcove spaces in the room. There's three of them, Mm -hmm. outside of which you just see yellow fog. There is a fireplace immediately to your right on the south wall of this room with two chairs in front of it. Mm -hmm. Now you see I've drawn some lines. Is there any light in here? Is there anything? Yes, and I'll tell you where it's coming from. Okay. There are two series of lines I've drawn on this map. In the center is kind of a squiggly line that's about 15 feet across, you see that? Mm Mm-hmm. What that is, is a 15-foot-wide, 15-foot-tall, billowing cloud of rainbow-colored fog that is shedding bright light. Now, I want you to picture... (laughs) Oh, shit! I want you to picture, 
as though like a fog machine was blasting on high speed from the center of this thing. So like in the middle of this thing, you see fog just rolling out and then it seems to dissolve as fast as it's being created at exactly the 15 foot mark. So it's just like this constant eruption of glowing rainbow colored fog filling these squares. Now, the larger circle that's surrounding the sphere of fog uh -huh. is indicating where the floor is a one inch thick pool of blood. So the center of this room has a <laughs> somebody sphere, killed a, a unicorn in here of glowing <laughs> rainbow fog sitting in the middle of a giant, you're looking like maybe 30 foot wide oh my God. pool of blood. Maybe it's the doctor. Looks she like exploded. I could could have found another haunt of some kind. You think? <laughs> Maybe a little bit. Wow. Do you oh. touch the fog? No. No, I do not touch the fog. Do you Shit. lick the blood? Coward. No. <laughs> uh, you had one job, <laughs> Is there anything else that I can see in the room other than this glowing... Crap tons of books, bookshelves multiple desks, one large palatial desk across the way on the other side of the fog cloud in the pool of blood, but not currently in the fog. You could get to the desk, the desk that's obviously the largest one, the desk that the owner of this room used. That I can't get to without crossing through the pool of blood. You could climb over the mantle of the fireplace so as to avoid touching the blood on the floor if you wanted to attempt to do that. It's very, very narrow. I'd ask you to make an acrobatics check, but you certainly could attempt to do that. Ooh. This is a good moment to check back in with the other three characters. <laughs> so he's now been gone. Yeah, how, how long has it been at this point? Let's call it three minutes at this okay. point. Dora, can you sense him at all? Do you detect him at all? I don't. Um, doesn't work that way. Mm. I'm starting to get a little worried. Should we go after him or what? I mean, I mean, either either he got either he got through and no one heard him, or he's fucking dead. So I don't or know what to do. He's being tortured. Okay, right, all right. Or he's in trouble and needs our help. Right. How long do you think you want to give him? I mean, we couldn't let him go more than five minutes. Seems really extreme. Yeah, let's say another two more minutes. Another two minutes. All right, back to Gulliver. Oh, see, this is so hard because I'm, I have to pretend like I didn't hear them just say that there's a two-minute clock you at this point. You can do point. it, buddy. What would Gulliver do? Oh, man. Or I know what Johnny wants to do, do, but I'm not sure if it's what Gulliver wants to do. Gulliver's whole thing, and he still hears this voice inside of himself, is hide yourself. He's like, is trying to get over to that desk. Is that too dangerous in terms of hiding yourself? Am I putting myself out too much? There's nobody in here. <laughs> what could possibly go wrong? <laughs> it was just a, you know, unicorn sacrifice in here. <laughs> sure, it's fine. Oh man, I, Johnny wants to go check the thing out, but I think that Gulliver is probably more than a little freaked out by this giant glowing thing that he he thinks if it's a haunt, like, there's nothing I can do to stop it. So he is going to follow that voice inside his head and hide himself and slowly make his way back out and down Great. the hall. Give me one more stealth check as you make your way back towards the library. Mm. 
10 plus 10, and I'm gonna use another inspiration point. 26. Give me a perception check. 15. You make your way back down the hallway towards the double doors leading into the library, and as you walk up to those doors, immediately to your right, you and some things all surprise each other. (laughs) Right on the floor, at your feet, are two rotting fetuses staring at you with glowing red eyes. They go, this horrifying sludge comes pouring out of their mouths. And that's the end of chapter 12. Dark Nexus is a creation of Plug and Hum Productions. This podcast uses trademarks and or copyrights owned by Paizo Incorporated, which are used under Paizo's community use policy. We are expressly prohibited from charging you to use or access this content. This podcast is not published, endorsed, or specifically approved by Paizo Inc. For more information about Paizo's community use policy, please visit paizo.com slash community use. And for more information about Paizo and Paizo products, please visit paizo.com. That's P-A-I-Z-O dot com. Dark Nexus uses music and soundscapes by Sirenscape. Check them out at sirenscape.com. That's S-Y-R-I-N-S-C-A-P-E dot com. Opening and closing themes along with additional music composed by Rob Kozlarik. Artwork for Dark Nexus is by Matt Walquist. Special thanks to Toy, without whose generosity this project would not have been possible. And thanks to DMCP, Richard and Ari, Paul and Shannon, Chris, Scotty, Jason, Jess, Joe, Chelsea, Matt, Dave, Darren, and everyone we've gamed with over the years for all the memories and inspiration. Fantastic. Did we level? (laughs) Ha 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 ha!